The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. Like the lovely lady said, my name is Ray Lynch. And I'm Ellen. And we are Miracles, Miracles in, in Recovery. Recovery. See that? And I helped you on that one this week. <laughs> I left you hanging last you week. sure did, but, but I did it. But just to run out the gate, uh, phone lines are open, 866-472-5792. We don't have a particular featured guest uh, this week, but call in at 866-472-5792, and we will make you the feature. You know, let your voice be heard. Make a difference. Everything you've ever dreamed of is on the other side of the fear you feel. Call us. We, we can love help. To hear from you. And you know, just again, I want to. I want to speak on um, our audience. I got the like the the monthly breakdown, and it gives it by city and location. Oh yeah. And and it's incredible. Like we have, say, right now, we may have twenty six people from. New York City, listening. We may have two or three people from Columbia, South Carolina. That's how intricate it can yeah. get. And yeah, we, we can find out exactly where people are listening. And I am so grateful to everyone that is out there listening. You know, I'm sure that there are people who are listening with questions or people who have comments, don't agree with some of the things that we say. By all means, call in, share your experience, strength, and hope, and get the word out there that we do recover, and, and everybody recovers in a different way. We all have the same basic steps to get to where we're going, and I don't mean the 12 steps. I mean the same basic pattern that we follow to get to where we are today. I followed a standard of active addiction to get myself to a point of, for lack of a better word, saturation until I, until enough was enough um, because every single bottom seemed to have a bottom. So I think when I got to my point of saturation and enough was enough, I had to turn to somebody. And I don't know if that person had all the right ideas all the right suggestions, but at that point, they worked for me to get me on my way and on my road to recovery. So like I'm saying, if I say something and I make a suggestion or I have an opinion, everything is opinion here, and Ellen has a different opinion or I have a different opinion than you, by all means, call in and share your opinion because 
I can't get people clean. We can. So all the suggestive behavior and all the suggestions that we can put out there that make sense to the majority of people only helps people stay clean. And I, th- I think it's so cool that, you know, you can, you can get to a point. I always say every addict ends up the exact same person, you know, because at the end, when you're at the end of your rope, when you're, when you're basically so caught up in the disease that there's nowhere else for you to go, you know, you've turned into that lying, stealing, you know, just living to get high kind of person. And it is so... I don't know, almost mystical, that something can happen that can take you out of that and, and bring you back to the person that you used to be. Because, you know, we always hear, hate the disease but love the person, mm-hmm. or love the person, hate the disease. Because a lot of times when you're looking at someone in active addiction, all you are seeing is the disease. You are not seeing the person right. that's behind the, what the disease is making them do. And it, it is, it's astounding, the change in people. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I can only say for me, I was instilled with good moral values when I was a child. I chose to lock those up in some closet and, and not use them for many years. And when ultimately that osmosis of getting clean started, that door ultimately opened and I had the advantage of having them in my pocket already. Not everybody has that. Not, a, not everybody has been given the, the, the blessing of a good moral Upbringing. compass. So that you do know the difference between right and wrong, and you yeah. know that lying is bad and stealing is bad and all of those things. True. But I think, especially now that you have a huge majority of the middle class apparently addicted, um, I think there are people... You know, a lot of people who have just been altered by the disease. And, and the, the wonderful, miraculous thing is that you can go back to that person mm-hmm. only better. I mean, when you tell me the stuff you used to do, I don't, you know, I didn't know you then. I can't believe Gratefully, it. Gratefully, yeah. Right. No, I, can't I hear it. you. I hear you. There's, there's a lot of people out there that um, may look at me differently because they experienced that piece of me. And now they don't get the benefit of experiencing me for who I am today. I know that there are people out there that um, probably even expect me to fail, you know, because that's the way, that's the, the moral issue of active addiction that we deal with. Because like you said, you don't see the addict, you see the action. And... Granted, there was a lot of negative, bad action surrounding me and, you know, pushed towards these people. And they couldn't dispel or disperse the difference between who I was or or how I was acting. I was still that good person. I just didn't know how to get out of my own way. I didn't know how to get back to that good moral compass that I had because drugs took me to a place that I didn't want to be, put me with people I didn't want to be with and made me do things I didn't want to do. They'd hijacked your brain completely. I I think I've told you this before, but I I didn't meet my mother-in-law for quite a while after I'd met my husband. And 
she was a recovering alcoholic. I think she'd been in recovery mm-hmm. about six years at that point. And I had heard all the horror stories about all the terrible things that she did. And I met her, and she was just wonderful, nice woman. And I just, I didn't believe them. I did not believe a word that anybody had told me because the person in front of me was nothing like what I was seeing and hearing. And it, now that I have experienced it, you know, as a mother of addicts, I, I understand. And now I do believe that that's probably, she was all that and even more. But it's very frightening when you think that that's how we judge someone, when that's not really who they are. They're sick. They are sick. And, it, and it's been proven to, to be a disease of the brain. Exactly. And I think it's not a moral failing. It's not, you know, somebody who's weak. It's not bad choices and bad decisions. Maybe the first time you took the drug was a bad choice, but that's the only bad choice. After that, you become sick, and, you know, as the disease progresses, and it is a progressive disease, uh-huh. you get sicker and sicker until... You know, I always say at the end, it's like sharks. You know, all you're doing is chasing the drug, chasing the high. True. And it's, True. It's, um, it's sad and it's scary. But I think until society begins to see this for what it is, a physical disease rather than just terrible behavior and moral failings and all of that, we're going to continue to have the problems that we have now. And that's what scares me. I don't know how to make... Well, the Surgeon General, did you see the report the Surgeon General came out with this past week? No, I didn't. First time ever a Surgeon General has come out and, and talked about addiction as a disease and as the epidemic. Oh, I actually did see it. Yeah, as a, yeah, as a brain disease. Yeah, news. yeah, yeah. Yeah, big I did news. see that. Of course, you know, there are the haters out there. There's always going to be haters and disbelievers and people that like to bash addicts because they're easy targets uh, exactly you know and sa- sadly like like i said I, I was an easy target or i was i was easy prey but so were the people that were preying on me right. in the sense of you know um i and like i've always said or i've said before I, I i was an emotional terrorist out there because i knew once i walked into a room i knew what i had to do to get what I needed to get out of that room as quick as I could. And the desire to get that was stronger than anything else. Right. And we're live on Facebook right now, so we have a couple of people that are watching the videos. So if you listen, if you listen in, go to uh, my Facebook page and you'll be able to see us live. Don't want, don't uh, pay attention to the, the dirty studio. I just haven't cleaned it up recently. <laughs> so, but it's all good. Listen to the behavior, huh? listen to the message and don't look at the mess around us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. It's part of that addict behavior. I wait till the last minute, and then, and then, like a you know, like a little kid, I throw us live so that everybody can see that we are in a messy studio. <laughs> All good. All good. Hey, as long as we're here, right? Yeah. No, exactly. And as long as we're sharing our experience, strength, and hope. And if anybody would like to call in, dial eight six six four seven two five seven nine two or you can even um, you can message message, message me- on yeah, exactly message and it, and um, I can see Todd just uh, said what's up man what's up Todd how you doing my sister Karen just came on this is great <laughs> hey Karen um, Mary Maki just came Mary Maki Longo just came on first time I watched you live it's the first time we've been live Mary <laughs> but this is this is great I love I love technology and I love to be able to get our message out. And it's, you know, the simple fact that any addict can put down the substance and find a better way to live. 
any addict's family can put down the rage or the insecurities, the fear, the fear. The fear is the the biggest thing. Yeah. And you you get so drawn into, I mean, you get you get hooked on the addict. You get it. You get addicted to the addict. Right. And it, mm-hmm. it consumes your life because. You start off feeling guilty. I must have done something wrong. I was a bad parent. I screwed up because this doesn't happen to people who do things the right way. Um, So you're afraid. You're guilty. And you think, well, I'm the parent. I'm going to fix this. Right. No, generally, not always, but a lot of times the really big parts of the disease don't manifest until, you know, they're out of high school and adults, basically. But, you you know, you've got this young adult and you're going to fix this. And... That was my process. The first thing I did was, well, we'll just find the best rehab in the country and go there, and that's going to fix everything. I won't have to worry about a thing. And guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Strike two. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't work. No. So Uh. you you go through this until, I mean, it consumed me completely. Uh I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. You know, every other relationship I had was falling apart. I couldn't work. And you have to do something. And, you know, I... I took myself to a 12-step program and stayed there and went to one meeting a week for a while and decided it wasn't enough. I didn't know that you could go to more than one, and and it was okay. And I started going to several and seeing people that were at my main meeting at these other meetings. So mm-hmm. pretty much uh, went seven days a week for a long, long, long time. Right. And it, it you know, nothing takes the pain away completely nothing takes the fear away completely but it helps to have people who do not judge me you know and who understand that I wasn't a bad mom because I wasn't you know I was a good middle class working mom so let me so let me ask you a question you said that you thought that there was only one meeting a week or or whatever your your style was at the time I thought you were Um, only allowed to go to one a week or to one specific meeting I didn't know you could go to a whole bunch of different ones how did how long did it take you to realize that you were lying to yourself? I mean, like, like me, I, I've done the same thing. Like I, I always put like a, um, some type of a, um, wall. Okay. I can only go to Friday because I have this, that, that, you know, so I always put some type of a wall so I could not succeed until ultimately I had no other choice. And maybe do you remember getting to that point where you had no other choice because your family was driving you crazy. No, I really don't. I just, um, it, it's been quite a few years. I just remember thinking, you know, I was going to a Friday night meeting and Friday's great, but it's not enough. Uh-huh. And so I looked on the internet and, and lo and behold, there were meetings all around me. I mean, at least one a day somewhere that I could go to. So I snuck off to another one and uh-huh. there were people there that I knew and I was like, oh, and so then I started thinking, well, if I can go to two, maybe I can go to three and four because I was so unhappy and miserable yeah. and scared uh-huh. and they made me feel better. You know, and, and you go through, you know, the same 12 steps as the addict or the alcoholic. Right. And you live and you learn and you get experience and and you talk to people who've been there, done that, or are still in the trenches but have figured out how to live with it. I, I still don't know. How anybody can do that, but some people can. You mean stay, stay like crazy active? Well, living with active, living with an active. Oh, oh and just yeah, right, and just and just doing that. Your life and do yeah. Your thing and, well, and I mean, I guess. I mean, 
we've had conversations where you have had to, well, like my mother, you know what I mean? She had mm-hmm. to go up in front of her peers and say, bye-bye. She yeah. had to go live her life. So she still lived waist deep in my misery, but she had to perform. Well, you have to she, keep living. Yeah, and, and right. The only way to do that is to take back control of your life, which is, you know, the addict really doesn't care, I don't think, whether you're, you're trying to help them or not. Right. Because no, I, I didn't. They're, they're so no. far gone by that point, you know, yeah. by the time that, well, at least by the time that I got crazy, it, you know, my addicts didn't know what I was doing, nor did right. they care, but it didn't matter. My fear was there. I was still trying to help. I was still trying to, I don't know, fix, fix the situation, say the right thing, do the right thing. And it, it takes a really long time before you realize that there is absolutely not one single thing that you can say or do, or be, or change that's mm-hmm. going to make a difference until that person is ready to stop for whatever reason. Usually, you know, sick and tired of being sick and tired is what I hear. Um, maybe they get a white light experience. You know, sometimes that happens too, I think. I don't know. But until they are totally ready to put that drug down and get the help that they need, uh-huh. they're not going to. And that was the hard lesson for me to learn. I'm mom. I should be able to fix this. I fixed everything else. Yeah. I did. But, and, the you know, I, and I think at that point, you ultimately have to come to a personal determination within you that enough is enough and you have to allow them to proceed and it's very in, their, in their active addiction. You know, very, and, and very, I, very I remember we've had that conversation yeah. before and, and being like mildly on the other side, caring about somebody that was running around like a nut, um, I kind of got to step one foot on the other side of the fence. And that's really a spooky place to it's be. Not a pretty no, place. it's not a pretty really place not. to be. I, you know, I honestly think we feel worse than the addict in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, because we got to medicate. Yeah. We got to medicate. You know what I mean? I got to, I got to medicate and not have a clue Right. What I was doing to anybody and everybody and anybody else. We're coming up on a break, so uh, we'll pick this conversation up where we left off. I see a lot of questions on um, Facebook. This is the first time we've done Facebook, so bear with us, and I'll try to make it so that we can answer all your questions. I'm going to stay live during the break, so we'll just keep you with the whole show. And we will be back in a minute. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
when you stop to think about it, we are all a part of one interconnected ecosystem. What happens in one part of the world can affect us all. So we need to take an active stand for the issues that are important to us. Listen for Stewardship Through Respect with Holly Wells. You'll learn about personal health and environmental issues that need to be important to us all and hear from the experts about a different topic each week. Listen every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. The root causes of disease can be better prevented and cured using an integration of modern medicine and holistic healing techniques. Become educated by tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does have its place, but it should not be the only course of action. It's all about regenerating and healing our whole selves through better choices in lifestyle, foods, spiritual connection, and stress management. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to part two of <laughs> Miracles in Recovery tonight. We are live on Facebook. Go to my Facebook page, uh, whatever that is, slash Irish Yankee Nut, and you will be able to see us live. I love you too, Brianna. Um, <laughs> oh. Hey, Brianna. Okay, I just want to say two things that I usually say every show. Um, famous quotes of an addict. It will never happen to me, and I'm not hurting anyone but myself. I don't know how many times I said that. There's something that I see today, and it makes so much sense. Knock on the devil's door too many times. Sooner or later, someone's going to be home to answer it. I never cared that I was knocking on that door, and death was on the other side. It, that was... That didn't even make a difference, you know, like death we or, would or jail, you death know, or jail or, or, or an institution be like yeah. crazy for the rest of your yeah. life. Right. I don't want to say to use the word crazy, but, um, you know, be Brain damaged, be, yeah, be mentally incapacitated yeah. for the rest of your life. That's a, that's a sad existence. And I didn't care. And, and people that are out there listening, I know you either saw me not caring or you didn't care with me. And, you know, that's just a, a crazy place to be. And, and I said it last week with a gentleman that was on George Ariza. Um, you know, it took me a long time to claim that I was an addict. But as soon as I did, I used that as a sword, as a badge of honor. A badge, you know, honor among thieves. And then it took me forever, even when I was clean to claim any type of mental incapacity, mental illness. And I know that the way that I was acting out there, I was acting out mentally ill, not only actively addicted, but 
normal people don't do the things that I was doing. And the skewed thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the way it just completely takes over your brain. It's, right. It's really, really scary, especially to somebody who, who doesn't have that type of brain and doesn't understand. Right. And on the outside looking in, it's like, how can you do this? Mm-hmm. How can you act this way? How can you do these types of things? How, how, how? You know, you weren't like this before. Right, what exactly. Happened? Why, why, why? And, you know, there, there are no answers to those questions. There mm-hmm. really aren't. But, you know, I heard something really interesting. I was watching, there's a, a guy on Arizona who has a son who's, um, I think he's an opiate addict. And he started a group or a foundation called 100 Pedals, talking about bicycle pedaling. But one of the things that he said, you know, his son is still in active addiction. But right. He, he has found a way to, you know, live peacefully, as peacefully as possible with it. You know, and, and all the terrible things that go with it, getting arrested and, you know, overdosing and all of mm-hmm. those things, um, he's, he's had to deal with. So he knows. And he said, addiction comes from a place of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever has happened to you that made you so completely hopeless that the only way you can get any relief, you know, because the feeling of hopelessness, and I feel that way sometimes, you know, when I think about my addict children, it's it's a hopeless, scary place to be. You know, and it's, the, the drug is the only thing that takes that horrible, horrible feeling away. That, that's true. That's true in a sense. But my 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 antennas immediately in my defense wall automatically goes <laughs> I up. I saw it in your face. <laughs> um, you know, Coming from a non-addict that's had to, when I don't think that I started using because there was a deep well that needed to be filled. I think, you know, inquisitively I tried it and something happened inside of me. Because your brain was wired a yeah. certain way, yeah. it took off uh-huh. your brain. I think I really truly believe that that that's a big oh. huge part. Of oh it. yeah, no, absolutely. You know, because I think if if I took a hit of heroin, I would probably feel really awful and never ever want to do it again. Yeah, but see, that's what happened with me. So you you can't shoulda, coulda, woulda. Uh, you know, it, it, somebody like that would be me telling you, even though I've had like minimal experience, me telling you how I think you should act around. Your addicts. It just doesn't yeah. work. Shayla asked a question. It's a very, it's a very good question that maybe even somebody can call in to answer. How can you help someone that doesn't want to help themselves? You live that you can. quite often, and you and my family can. lived it. Um, all you can do is love them yes. and be there. Don't don't okay their behavior. Don't enable them in any way but be there to catch them and be there to love them and let them know that their behavior is not okay if we if we could grab somebody if there was a remedy then there wouldn't be addiction because because we could fix everybody as we went and it just doesn't happen that way you know i think that's the most important message especially for families Unless the person is ready, you can't you can't help them, but you can still let them know that you love them. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I tried 
and you you know there's a lot of anger that goes with this too it's like how could you do this how could you steal from me how could, you know all the stuff that goes how could you wreck my car yeah you know why is my bank account overdrawn <laughs> all of those things um so there there's anger too but if you can let them know on some level that you know especially as a mother my love is unconditional i don't care what you do mm-hmm. i'm not going to stop loving you you know if you go to jail i will probably visit you maybe Oh, I, I mean, I have, I, yeah. I have visited your my offspring. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think don't let the love die, or to let them think the love has died. I think that's that's the most important right. message to a family member. But it, you know, I think that I think that you know, you just said don't let them think that the love has died. Um, I think that I lied to myself for a long time out there and, and said that nobody in my family cared about me or nobody around me cared about me. And and that was negative justification to be able to keep acting out. Um, once that lie was dead, I had nowhere else to turn. And it all seemed to be, you know, that tragic impedance of divine intervention, as they would what they would call it, you know, my saturation point. My, I, I couldn't lie to myself anymore, and death was definitely more of an option than life. Um, and well, that's you're kind a, of the Walking Dead as an addict. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Because you're not living life in any way, shape, or form. Well, no, yeah, no, you know, like you said, we we all every addict gets to the same. Where all you're doing being. is, is yeah, yeah. Be, just being this person who's chasing the high all the time, mm-hmm. all yeah. the time, doing whatever yeah. it takes. It does not matter what it is. Right. You know, Step I saw, through or whatever a, wall. There was a Dr. Phil show maybe last week where they had a young lady who was, I think her mom had called the show, but she was living in Florida with her boyfriend. She was eight months pregnant, and she's a heroin addict. Uh-huh. And she's prostituting for both of them so that they can get their drugs and get high. And she's pregnant. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, how does this happen to a nice middle-class girl? Uh, yeah, and and but but the thing but is, is that it happens. It happens time. to more nice middle class girls, boys, and families that than we would want to really know. Oh, if yeah, probably one in mm-hmm. four or five now. Any anyway, and you know, addiction doesn't only affect the individual or the family. It affects a whole community. It can it can affect a whole city. We've seen with this fentanyl or whatever it is I mean you you see on the news Cleveland it was 129 deaths in a weekend or something like that how can't that affect the community I think in Palm Beach County wasn't there something like 88 yeah it's, last it's, month? it's just I mean, crazy it's just, it's just it's crazy. not that big a place but there are a lot of rehabs there and you know they a lot of times will leave the rehabs and go out and relapse and their bodies aren't used to taking the drug all the time so it's um, right it's very sad i actually there the sheriff's department in the county where i live has a facebook page and mm-hmm. i subscribe to their feed so every once in a while i'll see something and last night maybe it was the night before last something caught my attention they had a big caption you know young girl um this girl was smiling and thought her arrest was funny until she saw that her bond was two hundred and sixty five thousand dollars <laughs> well i thought that was really kind of unprofessional 
What's that? She was an addict, and she had been, you know, they had this whole story about how they chased her down to Boynton Beach. Right, but, but we, you don't know how she acted while she was in court the 27 times before. Well, I don't think she'd been in court that often, but I thought it was pretty unprofessional of them to make fun of her like that. Oh, she hasn't right. been convicted of anything yet. Well, but that's the, that's the moral, that's, that's somebody, the yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the interesting part. I posted, and so did about 60% of the other people who posted. Uh-huh. Saying that they they felt bad for her that she was probably I mean I think she she was going to be accused of selling now I looked her up on the jail's website because I know how to do that and yeah you know, yeah I think you get good at it to, yeah didn't have those yeah. charges however I think they they're going to put them up later I think the charges that she had were stuff she was out on bond for so mm-hmm. she is not getting out anytime soon and apparently she'd just been in rehab and apparently she was with someone who overdosed a few weeks ago. His mother, I actually know. Um, but I still feel compassion for her, and I do not think they should have been shaming her because she is sick. And most, not most, maybe 60 to 65% of the comments agreed with me. No, I, I, I hear you, and, and I get you. But there are, there are things that are done every single day that I don't agree with. I need to be able to pick and choose my battles or... But this is, am, to me, this is the battle. This is where, this is one of those crossroads where we need to, we need to draw a line in the sand and say, locking up the sick and suffering is not helping anybody. Oh, right. No, no, I, 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 to, I totally agree with she you. She needs help, not and, prison. And I'm sure she'll go to prison and probably get worse. And maybe the individual. Sad, you know, it's a sad road to nowhere. Right. And I hate that. And well, and may, you know, maybe there's two lessons to be learned there. You know, the the person who wrote the article or the person who who made that statement. Somebody from the sheriff's department put it up on Facebook. But that does, just because they're from the sheriff's department doesn't mean that they're the know-all be-all. No, but they should. They, they still should could be. Well, should have, could have, would have. I mean, I should have not did what I did to my family. I did. You know, and and I, I I'm able today to atone by, you know, doing the right thing. And telling them I love them on a daily basis, and just doing my, you know running my life the way that I run. Granted, that individual said the wrong thing. We know doctors here that are prescribing um, prescriptions for money. And so pointed that out too. Yeah, you know, so it's it's all part of that crazy cycle of people looking at us morally wrong, morally deficient, and the people who understand, but sometimes come out of the side of their neck saying. You know, I've had enough. You know, and and what do you do with an individual? Maybe that would, you know, maybe public ridicule would be the thing that would stop it. But to me, you know, that would make me worse. You know, being held up in front of your community, you know, as this, first of all, as an idiot. And second of all, as this morally deviant person who deserves to be, somebody said, put her under the jail. You know, she's somebody's kid. And she's sick. And there were yeah. a lot of people that got on there and say, I know her, and she's a really nice person. Right. She's just, you know, and the, what we were talking about. We were all really nice the people. Got, yeah, the addiction got in front. Well, maybe not every single one of y'all. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, 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 joke, I jokingly say that, no, but, you know. But it's true. I think for the most part, addicts are very sensitive, caring people. And maybe that, that depth of sensitivity a lot of times makes it hard to, to deal with the way the world treats people. Right, right. Phone lines are open. Dial 866-472-5792.
866-472-5792. Share your experience, strength, and hope. We're coming close up to a break. So if you want to call, by all means, call in now. Share it, and we'll, we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. You know, let your voice be heard. This is your show. We have it open. We have it live tonight. Um, you know, Debbie, call in. You know the number, 866-472-5792. Your husband called in a couple of weeks ago, so I'm challenging you to call in now. <laughs> Let your voice be heard. Make we've a thrown a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah, you know. what you think. And, I mean, I, I, I'm having one of those, uh, like, those ADD evenings because I'm, like, flying all over the place. And, and my thought my thought process isn't corralled. And I don't necessarily know if it's because we're live or if it's just the state of mind that I'm in, but it's okay. We're talking about addiction. We're talking about recovery. We're talking about trying to get the message to the individuals that are still sick and suffering. You don't necessarily have to be using to be sick and suffering. No. You know, you, you, and you don't even have to be necessarily have to be a family member. You can be an addict that's out there that is abstaining and not knowing where to go, not knowing where to turn. And feeling pretty darn awful. When you dial 866-472-5792, we can't see you. We can help you, though. But we can't see you. So it's not like you're going to be on a billboard. It's not like you're going to be on on Facebook Live saying, my name is Ray and I'm an addict. I'm totally secure with that. You know, I, I've said it for so long that, you know, my anonymity was broken even before I got clean because of the way that I chose to live my life. Yeah, I think that happens to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That anonymity thing is like, yeah. all getting arrested. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's all good. So dial 866-472-5792. We, uh, or even, or type in a, type in a, um, type in a, uh, a suggestion. The and report a yeah. Bit in the next, yep. In the, in the next segment. Yep. And I, uh, you know, I see that uh, that my friend Joe over in over in Ireland is uh, watching the feed, and is his girlfriend Shauna. Uh -huh. So yeah, um, you know, people talk about people just you know somebody just said something about my my problem is alcohol, and it's been it's been years for me, and it's hard. I, you know, I, I I totally feel you. I, I you know I know where you came from. My drug of choice was not alcohol but if i didn't have my drug of choice alcohol definitely filled the hole even though i would try not to spend money on alcohol because that was money that was taken away from me buying you know heroin um it's just a sad cycle and it doesn't make a difference what the motivating factor is or what the driving force of your addiction is albeit alcohol albeit pills heroin cocaine whatever we still all get to that same spot of despair. Some have to go a little deeper. Some scratch the surface and enough is enough. Um, others have to sadly die, yeah. you know, and, yeah, and, we, and we see that happening and, and it's just a scary really, place really to be. really, frightening and I think that's why there's so much, all of a sudden, and I'm happy to see it, there's a lot of press good press, you know, as far as what's going on and the fact that it is a disease, it is right. not okay. a character flaw. We're coming up on a break. Phone lines are open. Dana, this is for you. I'm going to say it again. 
866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Let your voice be heard. We will be back on the other side. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. If you're busy, stressed, and can't ever seem to find the time to add in those new healthy habits, you need to check out Lisa Lutan's Busy, Stressed, and Food-Obsessed show. This program will help you discover easy ways to improve your health and happiness. Plus, you will pick up all sorts of tips on better eating, fitness, relationships, how to manage stress, and a lot more. You'll feel yourself becoming healthier just by tuning in. Listen live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you have been experiencing addiction issues, be it drugs, alcohol, or something else, you know what it means to feel alone in the world. The power to create yourself with host Ross Ramin is here to prove that you don't have to feel this way. There are others who have been there or are still there, and together we can sort out the truths and the lies in order to reveal the true essence of your character. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you understand what really needs to be done for your health? Or like many, are you mostly letting what you hear and see in today's media dictate your healthy lifestyle? It's time to get focused. There is a reason why cancer, heart disease, chronic fatigue, hypothyroidism, and other illnesses are running rampant in our world. Ganino Wellness Radio with Dr. John and Linda Ganino will show you that there are easy, preventative, everyday steps to get you back on track. Listen live every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back. You know, I, I have all these little little cheat sheets around and you know to, to to remind me to say specific things and one of them i look at all the time and it says i'll call tomorrow that day may never come you know if you're out there and if you're hurting or if you're looking for a place to put your head if you're looking for some good orderly direction if you're looking for anything other than the life that you're living today Call 866-472-5792 or after the show, dial 855-STOP-USING. That number goes directly to my cell phone. If you want if you want some good early direction or if you just want somebody to listen, 855-STOP-USING. Or if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, Please send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org 
and we'll send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show for the full hour so that we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community. We've had some real interesting guests in the last few weeks. Yeah, we have. And, and next week we have a real good one. It's uh, the silence of war in old Marines. I forget what it is, but it's a book about a gentleman who was a Marine, got out, worked as a cop, and, and went back in, re-enlisted back in to the Marine Corps. We have Dana on hold. Um, we would like to bring her in. Hi, Dana. How are you? Hi, I'm doing okay. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I got real excited to see your show uh, come on. As I was telling you in messages on uh, your Facebook live the mm-hmm. that I have a that's 31 years old. She has um, three children. Two are with the other grandmother, and the youngest I'm raising, and she's pregnant again. She is with okay. um, a man who thinks she uh, he loves her. She thinks, uh-huh. but he prostitutes her and uh, for drugs, obviously. And he doesn't do anything. What's, what's your daughter's name? Summer. Summer? Yes. And okay. I've tried, I've been a member of all kinds of, um, excuse me, addiction sites and mm-hmm. all of that. I've tried tough love. I've tried um, being supportive. Well, let me, let me ask you, let me ask you something, Dana. What are you doing for you? And I don't mean that in a, in a flippant way, like. What are you doing for you? I mean, we, we've shared a little bit about how we have to disengage from the addict because they will just drag us down the bunny hole with them. What are you doing for you to be able to keep a somewhat sane life? I get asked that question a lot, Ray. Mm-hmm. And I'm really not doing a lot. I'm... Uh, you know, I, I right. get the ideas of, okay, things I want to do for myself, but, uh-huh. you know, I'm taking care of her son, raising children all over again. Um, he has special needs, and uh, I should do more for myself, but I just don't seem to have the time. And well, do you, do you think that maybe the sooner you get out of your own way and start taking care of Dana the situation around you may get better or you will have a different um, approach to how you see it. I mean, Ellen can share a little bit about that because she is the mother of uh, struggling addicts. And, you know, I can only share. Pardon me? I've got two. Oh, I said struggling addicts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gave you this. Yeah. Um. And, and honestly, I, I know exactly how you feel, and I know exactly where you are. The only thing that I, I, don't, I don't have grandchildren, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, I, do. I always say I would love to have grandchildren, but not by my kids. So I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have that particular... Ouch. Well, it's true. No, you know, yeah, no, I hear you. They couldn't take care of them. I would, I would be... It, it is. You know, I'm, I'm very blessed to have my grandchildren... Um, and she does love them, but she has told me herself, you know, our, we're not trying to hurt you. We don't believe that we're hurting our loved ones. Um, no, we don't we even pay, we don't even pay attention. Yeah. You can't see that right yeah. now. We only believe yeah. that we're hurting ourselves. 
I, I am kind of doing something. I'm having Thanksgiving. My son's coming in from Connecticut. Nice. Uh, I'm real Where happy are you calling about from? that. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, okay. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Nice. Yes. And it's just really, I mean, it's kind of a bittersweet because uh, I love her. I want to include her, but I can't. Yeah. And the reason yeah. being is uh, she was also, I posted that she had died a year ago on October yep. the 9th. They had a heck of a time bringing her back and put her on my support for about a week. Following that, she attacked me twice. Um, and I didn't really realize that until I thought about the time frame. And I was like, wow, this has been uh, both times since she passed away. And, and she would have never considered hitting her mother ever prior to that. Um, so then she got hit by a car. Oh, geez. Just to and, just to share, just to share, seeing we're live. Um, Dana is sharing about the the tragic um, happenings really of her her daughter. Happening. She's she died. She was on life support. She's slowly getting better. She got hit by a car. Um, you know, I, I I I feel for all of those situations, but sadly, you know. You can, it's no different than you can replace her child with somebody else's and they've, yeah. you know, I mean, I've, I've had all of those tragedies not being hit by a car or anything like that, but I could replace it with something else. And, and the bottom line is, is we all end up with some form of... PTSD, I think. I think from so yeah, and I think the families, especially. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, I, I'm quite. I sure do. That I, I do have PTSD, and when I hear ambulances, because mm-hmm. she's not yes. far away, she's living in the tunnels, um, not far away. So when I hear ambulances, or or police, or or anything like that, automatically I've got to go get in the car yeah. and go look and find out. It's a trigger. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad that, yeah. A ringing yep. phone in the yep. middle of the night is a yep. trigger for me. Yeah. It's really, you you know, because I've you've heard it before. I've also called the coroner more times than I can count. So you call the coroner? Um, yes. Uh, on many Just occasions. Just out of the blue? Yeah, well, they'll find a was. body. Oh, okay. And I don't know how familiar you, you are with um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, but yeah. we have the West Mesa killings. And they found 11 prostitutes buried um, on our West Mesa. They still haven't solved it. And they have uh, five girls that they still believe to be uh, victims oh. of the West Mesa that, um, that they have yet to find their bodies. Uh, I wanted to, um, to tell you, I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No, uh, no, that's, the, that's quite all right. You know, you, you shared about seeing you. Yes, you shared about... Uh, 11 prostitutes. I come from New Bedford, Massachusetts, and on uh, 140, kind of like the same thing happened in the 80s, and and it was never really solved, and there are girls that are still, you know, quote-unquote missing that their bodies were never found or, you know, so... That's a really interesting time frame. We are friends on Facebook, Ray. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. 
And I would be really interested to hear more about that. I'll send you if some you information on that, Dana. I, 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 I thank you very much because okay. it is unsolved and the time frame um, would fit. I mean, if, if he left your area, I don't know, and then, or he or she, um, and then came to our area. Yeah, they, you know what I mean? So they kind of migrate around. Yeah, but no, they kind of have an idea of what, it, I mean, it was just like one of those botched, you know, I'll send you some information on it. It's, it's probably so far from what you've experienced, you know, 30 years ago. Um, but, you know, I, I guess, I guess nobody is that far from being different in any way, you know, cause who's to say what's happened on the highways here. We've, we've even experienced with truck drivers, that lady, right? What was her name? The monster. Oh yeah. What right. Was her name? Um, I forgot. The one that um, Charlize Theron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in the movie Monster. That yeah. was the name of the movie. Um, so, uh, hey, thanks for calling in, Dana. And I will make sure that I give you that information. We're coming up on four minutes left, so we have to do I a little bit of... I you. Um, if I sure and take care of thing really quick. I did bring her sure. home after she got hit by the car. I laid mm-hmm. down my boundaries. No drug use. No paraphernalia. There's children here. And uh, lo and behold, what did I find? So I had to um, have her leave. But God bless you yeah. all. Thank you for what you're doing. I hope to see more live uh, feeds. We'll figure it, with you. We'll figure it out so that uh, so that the, the audience, the audience can hear the hear the. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. Maybe I just need to put a connection in the speaker in the speaker. Maybe that might work, right? If I put the headphone jack into the into the phone, oh, maybe, and then maybe they'll be able to do it, huh? How smart am I? That would be great because I can hear <laughs> you real well on the live feed, <laughs> but I can't hear um, the lady. I'm sorry, I don't recall her name. Oh, um, Ellen. I was trying to hear it, but I couldn't. And I'm sorry for taking up so much of your time. Thank no, that's you fine, so Dana. much for listening. And uh, I look forward to a message from you. Thank you so much, okay. Ray. All right, stay Bye-bye. blessed. We got about two more minutes left. Um, if somebody wants to call in real quick, eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. If you don't. I'm grateful that you all came on. Um, I've noticed a lot of my Facebook friends kicking in, kicking back out, saying, you know, great show, Ray. Hey, Ray, we love you. Ooh, nice, nice. Um, you know, and, and this, is, this is a great way not only to get our message over the airwaves. We're heard on Voice America Health and Wellness Network. You can listen to us live like you are now or, or watching us on Facebook. Or you can go on demand and download the show. You don't even have to download it. You just click on the browser. Like I, like I put in, in my Facebook thing, jokingly saying, click on my face. When you go on, go on the website, you can do it that way. Or you can just go on my Facebook page and do it as well. Please, by all means, let's make this show and let's get this show out there and make it worthwhile to a huge community. We have an international voice. We have an international voice. Probably right now there's 27 different countries listening to us live. How somebody is understanding me in another language, I don't know. But I don't care. They're listening. So they're getting something. I remember um, being down in Argentina and going to meetings. And I didn't understand what they were saying. They were speaking Spanish. But I did understand the blue who was an addict. Uh-huh. I understood it. 
So I knew what they were reading. Did I know what they were saying? Absolutely not. Um, but you went to meetings anyway. Yeah, but I went anyway because I felt welcome. They, they, said, uh, they said, welcome, junkie. I'm like, junkie? <laughs> they call themselves they were, junkie? No. They were saying Yankee. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we've had a great show tonight, and we've had a good listening audience. Um, we'll be back next week at 7 o'clock Eastern. And we're coming up on the end of the show. Thank you all for listening. Say good night, Ellen. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. And stay blessed and stay tuned. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.